This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Right, well, hopefully we're back. Um, with any luck, I'm not quite sure how many people got anything from us there, but um, um, yeah. So if anyone could give us some information on what you ha- heard, if you heard absolutely anything at all, um, oh, hang on. Apparently, it was all pre-recorded, so everything that we've said so far didn't go out. Hmm, it's quite upsetting. Hopefully, news in brief did. Oh, start man. from scratch. We'll start from scratch. We'll just pretend. Hi, and welcome to Homestyle Radio. I'm your host for this evening, Chris Hampton. I'll be attempting to guide you through our review of the last week for the Table Topping Eagles. Uh, this sounds weird the second time round. Um, today, presenting with me are Mark Ross and Fahad Zaidi. Evening, gentlemen, again. Evening, Chris. Evening, Chris. Mm. Evening, uh, Yeah. Uh, they will be providing their own insight on tonight's topics of discussion. And um, Joe Holyoke was supposed to be on. Uh, and usually Mark and Joe would have some huge row on air about a difference of opinion. So you get the unfortunate you do miss out on that. And um, beavering away in the background in our futuristic communication bunker, which doesn't actually exist, is Alex White. Evening, Alex. Good evening. Yeah, it's like we've never had this conversation about two minutes ago, isn't it? No. Um, we haven't. Yeah, remember what you said to me before? You said about how great it was that we'd won that game. Yeah, you asked me how I was, and I said even better for the results. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's good news. <laughs> um, well, look, you know, um, well, as as I talked about, I'm going to try and get you nice and involved today, um, a bit more than usual. So is that going to be all right with you? Yeah, yeah, it's good with me. Good stuff. Absolutely. Because I'm struggling quite badly, starting to pull with sweat from. And alcohol abuse. Um, Alex is going to help organise your communication with us today. Tweet at HOL Radio or email us radio at homesdale.net. You can even give us a call. It's 0203 Press 1 to be put through to us and we'll do our best to answer. Um, there's the uh, homesdale.net chat room. You can join other listeners in conversation during the show. Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. And if you're not doing so already, you can listen on your mobile. It's holradio.net forward slash mobile to find out how. The running order for tonight is we'll round up the week's events in news in brief, which may or may not have played already, but we'll play it again. 
Uh, we'll look back at yesterday's 3-0 victory over Derby. We'll talk about everything that comes along with that, with Wilf being selected for England. We'll be talking about being top of the league, Ian Holloway's impact. Uh, we'll look ahead at Saturday's trip to Ellen Road to play Neil Warnock's Leeds United. Finally, we'll round up as much of your communication as we possibly can. Um, and hope. Well, I said the show would, would be done in about an hour's time. Um, but, 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 I mean, we've just, basically, we've just used 10 minutes of that broadcasting what was essentially nothing by the sounds of it so i'm quite sure what happened i can only apologize for that i'm sure you're all gutted as well but um yeah you'll probably get over it so um without any further delay i'm going to play news in brief once more and then we'll be back to talk about palace's victory over derby all the latest news from around selhurst park this is news in brief Palace under-21s were beaten 4-1 away to Chelsea under-21s on Monday evening at Brentford's Griffin Park Stadium. Jason Banton's strike was the only cheer of the night for the young Eagles side, while Chelsea's summer signing Marco Marin making his comeback from injury inspired the Blues to a big win. The under-21s play Wolves at Selhurst tomorrow night, 7pm kickoff. Get down there and support the lads. Regrettably, Hull Radio has had to cancel the planned commentary on this one-off basis for technical reasons. After Palace's fantastic 3-0 victory over Derby County, Palace boss Ian Holloway was once again overwhelmed at the quality of his side. Ollie commented after the game, What can I say? It was yet another fantastic performance against a good team. It didn't start from start to finish, and the professionalism of Moylot and the determination to keep this run going is quite awesome. I have to say it's an absolute pleasure to be watching him play at the moment. And that was News in Brief. News in Brief. Okay, we're back from that. We'll be talking about Palace's victory over Derby uh, very, very shortly. Just a quick reminder. Well, I say as a reminder. I said it earlier. You didn't hear it. Uh, the Renowns uh, band we had on a couple of weeks ago um, are playing at the Scream Lounge in Croydon from 8pm on Thursday, the 22nd of November. There's free entry. Um, obviously, we played a couple of tracks the other week um, and fantastic uh, songs and great guys as well. So if you can, get down there. Uh, Scream Lounge, Croydon, 8pm, Thursday, the 22nd of November. We also have the Brighton ticket giveaway. We're giving away a pair of tickets for the home game versus Brighton on the 1st of December. Uh, they'll be in the Homesdale Lower somewhere. Um, this is the same format as our previous uh, competitions. Uh, if you email your name and number to competition at wholeradio.net on the 25th of November, which is next week, we'll select a phrase that pays and we'll be ringing people towards the end of that show. Um, and obviously, the whole idea is we ring you, you say the phrase back to us, you win the tickets. Um, if it's anything like last time, it was a lot of people that we just ended up laughing at or they were confused or their wife picked up their phone while they are in the toilet and it all went wrong. So um, hopefully more of that next time because it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, let's get straight on with this derby game since we've wasted 10 minutes of our lives already. Uh, we won 3-0, which was a fantastic result. Um, obviously, again, derby got described as a banana skin beforehand. Um, whether that you know it's ever going to pan, uh, pan out that way i don't really know because every banana skin we seem to quite easily negotiate um but anyway there was one change to the standard lineup and that was uh garvin was replaced by uh andre moritz to who got to start and scored in his third consecutive game um it's a few little things to point out obviously uh according to the bbc stats uh, derby shaded it with 54 percent possession uh, but palace were obviously clinical scoring the three goals had you know, many more chances than Derby managed to create. Eight shots on target to Derby's one, uh, ten shots off target to Derby's four. Just generally a very dominant attacking performance. But 
you know, just just let Derby have the ball and do very little with it, essentially. But it was, uh, it was you know, obviously a fantastic day, fan- um, great atmosphere around the ground, which we'll talk about a bit more in, in a while. But, I mean, obviously, we start really with the opening goal, guys, before I get you involved, since you've been sitting there very patiently for nearly 15 minutes now. Um, the opening goal, it, I, I don't know, I'm sure you guys noticed as well, the, it was when Glenn Murray missed that very easy header against Peterborough headed it into the ground and bounced over. It was the exact same routine. It was um, Balassi took the corner, in-swinging, deep to the back post. Murray just rolls away from his marker. And I think, well, on this occasion, it was Ramage who just stood in the way of the marker who was supposed to be going with Murray. So he ended up Murray on the back post, completely free, heading it into an empty well, near enough an empty net. And, um, I mean, I mean that obviously is a good... We, we scored from a set piece, which is, which is something pretty amazing for us. Um, and if we well we start doing that on a regular basis, I don't see who's really going to stop us. But I suppose that brings us on to, to Glenn Murray as a whole, really. 15 goals now. Uh, Mark, has he surprised you at all this season? Well, no, I always believed that he was going to be, uh, that he was a good signing there and that eventually he would come good. Last year, as we all know, he got little service and played the lone man, literally. Um, and this season, of course, we're playing a completely different game. Brought in a couple of great signings. Obviously, Wolf's developed. The signing of Balassi was genius by Doogie, and um, he's obviously got the supply, and he's thriving on it. I mean, he was a proven goal scorer before he came, and he's just doing the business. But to have 15 goals uh, by mid-December, uh, mid-November, is incredible. I mean, he could end up with... 40 goals come the end of the season mm. um, but uh, you know he, he's, you can see his whole game is, is, um, has come on in every aspect of his game I thought he was absolutely tremendous yesterday I, his work rate was superb I thought you know he, he made some great runs he, headed, he scored twice he provided the assist for Moritz's goal I thought his knockdowns were fantastic I thought you know, his running off the ball was great. And he, and as you say, it was like a carbon copy, the first goal of the miss from the Peterborough game, mm. as you already said, Chris. And he wasn't going to miss this week. And I was reading up before we came on air, and uh, that was the first time that Derby have conceded from a corner this season. So, yeah, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's impressive stuff. Um, you, obviously, you, you mentioned in passing Murray's, uh, Murray's second goal, Palace's third. Uh, and that, I think that was... And evidence is something we haven't really seen from from Glenn Murray at all, which is basically you know spinning a defender, you know, and just just steaming up the pitch and using pace and power to get past everyone. And you know, it was a one yeah, of a finish yeah, as well. The way way he managed to cut back onto his weaker foot and smash it into the roof of the net was fantastic to watch. And, and that I mean that shows you it's, it's partly it's confidence, it's about confidence as well. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it is yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, I I mean his finishing is really good. I mean, but. Like you were alluding to with the stats earlier, I mean, what was it, 18 shots we had yesterday? And uh, mm. we had tw- 22 shots at Peterborough. And obviously, we get a lot of corners as well. And it's just it's a bit of a novelty this season. And obviously, if you, if you create enough chances, you're going to score, you know, at some stage. Last season, we'd have like two or three shots at goal, and you'd be hoping to score with every shot because... <laughs> You know, otherwise you weren't going to get anything out of the game. But when you've got 18, 18 shots on goal, one or two of them should go in, statistically speaking, anyway, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, he's five. I mean, you know, 
there were some great performances all round. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, we will, we will, throughout yeah. the game. But I thought, but I thought Glenn Murray just staying with with Murray. I think everything about his game is, it, I mean, the way we set up suits his game, and and he can play that lone strike. He doesn't need to play like in a four four two, which has been suggested. You know, if what would it be like if he played alongside someone else? But having somebody like he has this great sort of working relationship on the pitch with with Maritz and they seem to read each other's games really well and he, and particularly when he plays with Maritz more so than I think with Garvin he seems to his game seems to go up a notch and he, he in my opinion he, he's he's just uh, anyway, a, um, he's, he's developed into a fantastic fantastic uh, striker and everyone was you know it was a hundred page article about about Ross McCormack, wasn't there last season? Mm. Um, I just want to bring Ferd in. He's patiently waiting there. Uh, Ferd, you, you had a point you wanted to make. Yeah, no, um, really pleased about, really pleased with Glenn Murray. Um, he, at the start of the season, I think when we were starting with Easter, and uh, Glenn Murray was totally out of the picture. From, from then to now, he scored, what, 15 goals? He's playing really well. Um, there was a point at the start of the season, it was like, you know, he... People were thinking taxi for Murray, but he's done so well um, in the game yesterday. You can just see his um, body language, and it's it's totally changed. He's obviously playing for the team. He's winning those balls in the air, and that second goal was uh, amazing, totally amazing. How he span off the defender, shifted a bit to the left, shot the goal, and what what a great strike it was! Mm, absolutely, mate. No, I mean. One of the things was it was jokingly said, I think, by Peter Ramage on Twitter, is about Glenn Murray actually cracking a smile for a change and stuff like that a few weeks ago. And he, you know, he is outwardly looking happy now. It's 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 a it's a great thing, confidence. It really, really is. And you know, it, it's like Mark says, to have scored fifteen goals at this point in the season. I mean, everyone was looking for this twenty goal a season striker and. You know, there he is. And I'll be, I'll be honest, I was one of the people who, who, whenever I'm saying that Glenn Murray will be that striker if he gets the right surface, and I was one of those people who was was doubting it. I, w- I was thinking that, of course, there's a possibility. You know, we've seen him scoring goals from good service when he was at um, that team. I was, name escapes me on the South Coast. I can't remember. South Coast. Yeah. It's, um, Hope no. Oh, uh, well, it I comes to me, but uh, yeah, there's some team he was playing for. And then, um, yeah, but obviously, yeah, he... I didn't know whether it was too big a step up. It's kind of like the. It seems stupid to say and the Ricky Lambert thing, where he was he was at Bristol Rovers and everyone talked about paying a million quid for him, uh, which is what Southampton did, and, and whether or not he would be anywhere near um, sort of good enough to. I've just sorry, I've just noticed a tweet come in from from Kelly Mason. All right, Kels, uh, she's been trying to ring us, but for some reason it's going straight to answer phone. I don't know what's happening. I'm not, I'm not in control. I'm not in full control of the phone system. Uh, I'll find out, Kelly, and I'll be sure to blame Mikey for it. But um, there's a load of voicemails as well, probably including yours. And I um, don't really know how to download those either. But there we go. We've got a voicemail to play later on. But uh, just a little break away from what I was saying. But um, obviously, the, 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 the key thing really is I, I worry about what's going to happen if, if Glenn Murray was to get injured because I don't, I don't think Easter's good enough by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I think it's an area where that's where, when we come to January, that's what we've got to look at. I think we've got to look at some way of, you know, adding an additional. It's not just the it's not just the goals he's scoring. It's it's the full package. Ian Holloway called him awesome. So you know, 
the way he led the line, I was reading uh, Jake Buxton um, on the Derby site saying that, that Glenn Murray gave him an, you know, an incredibly hard game. And I think we're just starting to see what he's capable of. And he's kind of at the peak of his powers at the moment. But we can move I mean, on. Nigel Clough said uh, um, Murray gave Keogh and Buxton a torrid time. I think that was one of his quotes after mm. the game. Yeah, it was. But, um, I mean, obviously moving on from that, we've got, we've got the situation with Moritz coming in for Garvin, and it's something that a lot of people have talked about, especially after the last couple of games, because Garvin's form had just dipped that little bit, I think. I mean, against Ipswich, he was all right, but I don't know, one, he actually won a couple of penalties, but in, in general, he wasn't quite as effective as he had been. And, you know, it's similar against Peterborough. We didn't really click until tomorrow Moritz came on the pitch, and, you know, he'd scored two in two before the, before the Derby game, and now he's got three in three, I think it is. And, I mean, he, he is class, Moritz. Um, what he may... Well, no, to be honest, I don't really see what it is that he... that Garvin has that he doesn't. I think Moritz has the same quality of delivery on a pass, but I think he just adds a little bit more. He's, he's got a bit of height about him, got a bit more energy about him. And, um, I mean, the finish yesterday from... It's a long ball up from Delaney. He just head, headed it uh, up to Glen Murray, who headed it down, and... Just the timing of the volley, the way it went, the way it went, it was just a, it was just a lovely strike, and it's with Williams being injured all the time, and, and you pointing out how Murray and and uh, Moritz link together, Mark. It's, it's similar yeah. how Williams did last season for those for those games before he got the um, the broken leg, and it's, I think that's what it's added for me. But I mean, there is a debate to be had there. So I mean, where do you fall on the Moritz Garvin situation? I'll start with you for that, actually. Um. I think it's great, first of all, that we've got uh, competition for places. Um, two very different players, I think. Uh, Andre Moritz is very more energetic, like you say. Um, I actually love seeing Andre Moritz play in the side because uh, I, I like the style of football we play. The uh, passing, possession, ball retention football that we play is, is amazing. I think they're both equal in their passes, uh, passing ability rather. Um, and it's just a, a good thing to have that we, we've got two players that are equally capable of stepping into that position. Mm. That's a fair point. Mark, do you see any differently or is it is it really that even or do you think Moritz is maybe stepping ahead of Garvin considerably now? Yeah, well, it's this old sort of um, situation about playing home than playing home and away, isn't it? And um, he seems to, because we're the home team, obviously, at Celeste, and he sends to sort of favour Moritz because he's a better attacking option and when we go away he tends to favour um, Garvin because he's yeah. a little bit more defensive but Moritz is, I mean I'd just say sign him up, sign him up, you know like because he is exceptionally creative, he's very exciting he's a very strong and very physical player and he, he delivers a decent cross like Fahad was saying like Garvin and his corners were quite good yesterday and mm. um, uh and the other thing I love about watching Andre Moritz, he really looks like he loves playing for Crystal Palace. He really has got the passion. All, it's written all over his face when he scores. He just, you know, it's, it's so completely different in his personality to uh, Glenn Murray. He just, Glenn Murray's like sort of subdued, but he just looks like, uh, some people have posted some, pitch, uh, some pictures on Twitter of Moritz mm. after he scored the other week. And, you know, you could just see it in his face. But it, I think I mean, he is just... Uh, but I, I heard also that he 
he said, I want to play in the Premier League. Yeah, he did, yeah. If he does say that, and he means that, um, he may well wait until the end of the season, and then, depending on how it works out for Palace, he may stay, he may not. But, um, you know, I don't know what his, you know... Well, if yeah, if I can sort of come to that subject, really. I know there was, um, I think it was the press conference pre-derby. Yeah, and, and um, they were sorry, talking like, about. Wait, wait, wait. They were talking about Delaney um, and and Moritz. It was the question was asked whether Delaney and Moritz were going to get contracts, and Delaney was described as being nearly done. Hopefully this week, which would be good. But, um, but Moritz, but Moritz. <laughs> um, obviously, the discussion has still got to happen. But you're absolutely right. He talked about obviously the fact that he'd taken a forty percent pay cut to come and mm. um, play for Palace and. You know, to take to sort of try and take this opportunity, and he will. You know, I'm sure he's absolutely loving it at the moment. He's joined Palace at an absolutely fantastic time. It's the perfect time for someone like him to join this the, the club. You know, the fans are completely fanatical behind the team. Um, we're riding high at the top of the table. There's probably less pressure than there has ever been playing for Palace in in, in you know in the last sort of five six years or something like that. And for a flair player to come in, it's there's no. You know, we're not trying to. We're not going out in games and trying not to concede goals. We're going out and trying to win games. So that's perfect for him. But by the same token, I'm sure part of it is still we we're still technically like a shop window. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna turn a come come January time if we've not got him a longer contract. He can go and speak to whoever he wants, and we're all wise enough to know that that, that those conversations will be happening long before then anyway. Which I dare say he's probably had contact already, but. It's just a He's case a of us. He, he is part. absolutely class. I do think, it, I mean, in the same way that Wilf is way above the championship level, I wouldn't quite say that Moritz is quite there in terms of just how far above he is. Um, but but he's certainly showing signs that when he's fully adjusted to the English game, you know, he is a Premier League quality player. But you can say that, start to say that about so many more in the team now. That, and that's yeah. That's the I amazing did, thing about Palace. Yeah, talking about contacts, I was just going to say, I did speak to Delaney after the game and I said, you know, how's the contact situation going? And he says that he hopes to have it sorted out next week. So, um, you know. He's one who's... And he, but he looks, yeah, and he looks like he's really enjoying his time at Palace and his partnership with Ramage, and Ramage took a lot of stick, well, has taken a lot of stick since he's been at Palace, but his partnership with Ramage has been superb. And um, I think, you know, they just work well together and that brings on another story about where does Gabadon and McCarthy fit into the equation but that's a whole another subject but uh, yeah so hopefully Delaney his contract will be sorted out this week okay if we could take just a little quick pause to play the one voicemail I've managed to get uh, be from Jerry hi Chris hi um, broadcasting um, team I'm ringing to you from Brighton I'm on the coast of Brighton Nice and warm and fantastic. A calm before the storm. Just want to say what a fantastic day it was yesterday. Beating Derby 3-0. So, it's um, the man of the match did that. But, uh, Moritz played well. Blasky played well. All teams played generally well. Moritz was superb up front. Never improving. I hope Moritz starts um, against Leeds. We've got two tough cup games coming up. Great possession football, as I say. I feel that um, Moritz could offer us something down the middle when things are a bit tight um, on the wings. I don't know what your feelings about those lads, but it looks like there's lots of competition, especially for the midfield places. And um, I'm looking forward to your show tonight. And uh, I wish you well in between, but uh, I'll speak to you later on. Up the Eagles. <laughs> 
Well, that's good stuff once again from Jerry. There's a few things in there, obviously, we've already talked about. Um, and there's a sort of, I suppose, a few areas worth discussing. And I, he, he mentioned, I think, well, he's mentioned Jedinak in there as well. Um, and I think that's possibly a, a, a good place to sort of to talk about that. And, and also, I think uh, Brian Voice on Twitter is also asking about what we thought of Jedinak yesterday. I mean, it's, it's a little bit skipped forward from what I was when I was intending to talk about it, but let's let's do it. Uh, for me, he was man of the match. Um, I just think he was just. I've, I simply use the word every week when I describe him as imperious, so I'm going to have to try and think of a different word. But the, Ian Holloway talked about it. He was talking about the, the protection that Jednak offers the defence means it, it literally does free up the entire, almost the rest of the team, barring the centre-backs, to go and attack. You know, and, and, and that, you know, with a team as talented as the team we've got in the hands of someone like Ian Holloway, who's, you know, well, we're talking about, we were... Two up, or well, maybe even when we were three up, he brought on two strikers. <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of manager he is, and um, and that's what's so encouraging that Jednak has grown into that role. He's grown into being a captain out on the pitch, and he's he's just he's grown into having the responsibility of of being the sort of heartbeat of midfield, and he's freed up KG to get further forward. There's no longer two of them sitting. It's just Jednak on his own because he doesn't need KG to do it for him, um, and it's just. Amazing to see the the transformation from the player that joined us to the to the player he is now, and he just seems to get better every week. And you know, he started with the with the uh, Movember Tash. He looks like Graham Soonis, and he's he's really starting to play like him as well. So, I mean, that's my thoughts on on, on Jednak. Um, um, Furhad, what were yours? He was amazing yesterday. Um, every time Derby tried to get forward, he was there. Yeah. Uh, Alex has just mentioned the word tank. I think tank is perfect. <laughs> just literally stopping anything Derby were trying to do. Um, he's been great this season. Um, my last show uh, for Whole Radio was was after the Borough game where we lost two one. And after that game, I said to uh, I said online that uh, KG and Jedinak need to just impose themselves a lot more in, on, on the game, and that they weren't doing that. Since then, uh, compared to yesterday, they're just everywhere. You know, Every time Derby tried to get forward, Jedinak would be there, breaking up the play, N- not doing anything difficult afterwards, You know, just keeping it nice and simple from Moritz, Balassi, Wilf, just go forward. Uh, and, and it's great to see, you know, uh, especially when the opposition manager doesn't mention Wilf, doesn't mention Balassi, but actually mentions Jedinak in his surmise. Yeah, I was a little, I mean, I was a little disappointed with, with the, some of the reaction to people saying Wilf had a poor game or something like that. He sent, it's insane to su- suggest that. I mean, obviously he wasn't necessarily key in, in our victory, I suppose, but. Well, I suppose in, in, in another way he was because of the attention he has to get from the other other defenders. But well, I mean, yeah, sorry, fo- I was getting off the subject again. So focusing on, on Jednak, Mark, you would agree he was man of the match, or do you think there were maybe some other contenders? Uh, I'd echo what what you've both said about him. He was he was a mountain yesterday, uh, a man mountain, a, a brilliant game in his tackling, his passing, his heading, his distribution, absolutely superb, and he really bossed the game in centre midfield. Him and KG, and he was a true leader in in the captain's sort of role. And but having said that, there were some outstanding performances yesterday. It wasn't the most fluent game I've seen us play this season by a long way. But some, you know, and Wilf, he was a bit quiet, a bit subdued. You know, maybe he was feeling a bit, you know, 
fatigued from from the trip to Sweden. I don't know, but I mean, it just goes to show. You know, everyone was going. Oh, well, all our all our, all our allies in South London and on the South Coast were telling us that we're a one man team, and you know, it's we're far from it. And and we proved mm. that yesterday because he he just looked a little bit leggy, and he and you know. But he he was you know he had three men on him more or less every time he got the ball and and in a way that just you know echoes what you know how worried the opposition mm. are about him and that also creates so much space uh, everywhere else. But the thing I thought um, uh, as well as Jedna obviously had an outstanding game. I mean I don't think there's anybody I spoke to after the match who didn't think that. But I thought mm. Murray everything Murray did worked it was just he was he was excellent we've already spoken about him earlier yeah, i thought course, also yeah. johnny parr was outstanding and his work rate and he was getting up and down the field at pace and he was attacking whenever he could and getting forward and he really is a, a better player in my opinion than than d moxie although it's nice to have the option i suppose but he covers yeah. so much ground and his tackling was spot on and he linked up well with Bellati down the left and and i loved it and and as a I've said so many times on the show, the more times Parr plays, the better he gets, and he needs to play regularly, and the more times he plays, he does right. get better, You're isn't right. it? The, and the, and the, I've said yeah. that before, and, and, yeah, the and par, I think he proved the point. <clears throat> the Parr we're seeing now is the Parr that got player of the year last year. Yeah. It's, you know, he's, he did start the season, I wouldn't say he was poor, but... But he was certainly seemed to be struggling. He couldn't. It was. You're right. He absolutely needs to build up momentum, and I, and I firmly believe Wilf is one of those as well. And personally, I, and I want to talk about this now. We'll talk about Wilf in England now. I think he actually suffered from from only getting the five minutes. Um, obviously, I think people have had some very strong opinions on that, and, and I'm I'm certainly one of those. I absolutely fuming watching that game. I'm so proud, so proud that he got on and got himself a cap and and was part of that experience and. To just to just have turned twenty years old, to be playing in the championship, and to be rewarded, well, seemingly rewarded for your consistency and for your, you know your ability with with an England cap, despite that situation, is 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 amazing, you know. But but it does it does smack of some other agenda to have him go all the way to Sweden to play five minutes. All the other substitutes got twenty minutes or so, and. It just kind of smacks like it's kind of let's let's give him a little taste, and, and I think Ian Holloway himself was was talking there. It did it looked like that they were trying to pigeonhole him into to choosing England over the Ivory Coast. But I was thinking a bit more cynically than that. I thought it was getting him get him in that environment, give him a little taste um, of what it's like to to play against international players and things like that, and just try and get him get him away from Palace and get him to a Premier League club because. That's kind of that seems to be the way the the FA and certainly the Premier League can operate in that they want the best talent at the best clubs, and because they think that's going to benefit the national game. Um, well, so the Premier League think it's going to benefit the Premier League, obviously. But you know what I mean? It's uh, I'm, I maybe I'm sort of going insane with a, on a conspiracy theory there due to my tiredness. But that's I kind think, of how I think I, it was a, it's like a political thing, really. To yeah. as you say earlier. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, to try and get him to choose, to, to, to make him believe that he is going to be an England player of the future and, and, and sort of dangling a carrot by giving five well, minutes, taking him to... What happens in the next squad? Is when if everyone if everyone's fit, is he going to go? He's going to go back down to the under twenty one. So after having five minutes, and what kind of message does that send? And I, I just worry about that. I, I we already know from what Wilf had a, that very honest interview where he ended up being slightly stitched up with the things that he said because once you've spoken to him, knows that he's you know relatively quiet and unassuming and a little Humble bit, person, little bit yeah, he's not an arrogant, he's not arrogant. He just perhaps doesn't think completely through what he was saying in, in, in that interview but it's because he's a, he's a young lad but um, I just think it, it's so frustrating I, he know, we know that he was saying that Jordan Henderson and someone else I can't remember who told him that Premier League's a place to be and all that sort of stuff uh, and I just you want to be happy about it you want to be happy that Wilf is, and I am happy really but, but I just think it's just so concerning because he is so pivotal to this team right now. Yes, you were, what you're saying. You mean, you're worried about it, like him in his head turned, is that it? You yeah, because the thing is, the thing about the thing about the situation is like we can say until the cows come home, we're not selling Wilf. Wilf's under contract. He's worth much, much more to us if he stays here. If he comes to a point where he says, I want to leave Crystal Palace and I want to leave Crystal Palace in January, you can't force him to stay. You'd like to think that you can, but what would be the point in having an unhappy Wolf Zaha playing for Palace? I wouldn't want to see that either. And that's what I worry about. I hope that he's still got trust in the people at the club. I hope that he still believes that he's still making progress at Palace and that that, that step up will happen with any luck, will happen at the end of the season anyway, mm. uh, when we win the league and I win 800 quid. <laughs> Alex, um, did you have something to say? I think Alex, no, Alex, I was just wondering if you wanted any four-word reviews yet. Yeah, oh, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. I've, um, <laughs> let me just cross off some of the things that we've talked about. <laughs> Should probably do that as we're talking, because then, yeah, anyway. Um, I want to have a real quick chat about um, KG and the fact we've talked about it last week, so I don't dwell on it too much. Um, maybe we get some sort of ideas on who people will want to come in, because obviously KG is going to play for South Africa in the African Cup of Nations. In January, I believe. Um, if I can ask you, Ferhad, and then we'll, we'll come to Mark. Um, what do you think the effect on the first of all on the team of losing KG is going to be, and who do you think that that should should come in? Um, losing KG, yeah, he, he's he's been a big player for us this season. Um, he's contributing in breaking up the play as well as scoring some crucial goals like he did against Peterborough the, uh, the other weekend. Will we miss him? Um, yeah, I, I, we will. Um, how, how long How long will he be out for? It depends on how, how far South Africa get in the competition. Um, I'm, I'm not sure on the exact structure 
Mm. But, you know, going by their, their result the other day, I think they lost to Zambia, was it 1-0? So you never know. After, they might not qualify through the group stages and he'll come home sooner. But, but to answer your question, um, who can replace him? Uh, I'd say Darcy Blake. Uh, oh, really? That's a yeah. bit left field. Yeah, that Darcy Blake. Uh, he's a utility player. He can pass the ball, which was evident. He can run with the ball. He's a defender, naturally, so he can break up the play. I think it'd be, I wouldn't say a like-for-like like replacement, but I think Darcy Blake could do the job, yeah. So, I mean, for me, the obvious ones are, you've got, obviously, um, Derby. Uh, Derby? Why did I say the word Derby? Because I was looking at the word Derby on the screen. You've got... Um, uh, Owen Garvin to drop back along and um, potentially alongside, so he can play both Moritz and Garvin. You've got Stuart O'Keefe, almost the forgotten man at the moment. In the, yeah. um, I mean, he's he's not injured. He's been playing for the development squad to a point. Um, but and and, and the end of he's, yeah, the end of the season, he was our best player, wasn't he? Last year, and obviously we maybe, arguably we've moved on as a, as a team. But I don't think he's ever done anything wrong when he's been in the side. So. Maybe that role's there for him. Um, I think in the last development game um, against Crawley, he had quite a good game. I, I know Holloway was there watching that, so may, maybe that's um, maybe he will be pushing for a, a claim. I can see uh, Freeman coming in for him if if not. So if he's not, if he's just bench warming here. So interesting times, really. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. If there's an easy answer to personally to to how we're going to deal with. KG leaving, I, I, you do wonder where just taking one person out of that squad somewhere. We've just been on this fantastic run. There's, other than, than Johnny Williams, we've not really had any, and Paddy McCarthy, sorry, we've not really had any major injuries or anything like that that, that have disrupted the sort of the rhythm that we've built up. And I just I do wonder if, if KG dropping out of that side might be it. But um, it seems weird to say that now, considering how he was last season and mm-hmm. kind of much sort of uh, maligned figure last season but um yeah chris, uh, chris the thing is this season um we we've got uh we've got options now um and something we didn't have last season if someone like kg is going to the african nations cup uh the door opens with someone else you know stuart o'keefe darcy blake maybe who knows david wright he did really well at Gillingham. okay yeah, see, and I, another another forgotten man um Absolutely vital in some of the the best moments under Friedman, wasn't he, David Wright? And mm. you know, and there was a lot of talk about how important he is around the place, just as a personality as well. And you do think, yeah, you do think it, it's. Like I said there's a bit of strength in depth there, and I had to laugh earlier on reading through some of the Brighton forms. People posted some links on on Homesdale um, for various different threads about us being top of the league and stuff like that. And there's a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of like, well, we've got nothing else left. We'll talk about attendances and that kind of behaviour, but. But on there, they're saying, "Oh, but you know, they've got once, once they lose Wilf in January, there'll be this, or they've got no depth in their squad." And just think, I like that we're being massively underestimated. I like yes. it that people think that we're 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 a one man team, because that means when they turn up and they put three men on Wilf, the rest of the team will destroy them. And I like that they think that we've got no one to come in if, if there are injuries. So, yeah. we're, you know, we're still in that good position. We're not in a. It, it will come. They will start. I mean, you can argue that Derby. Derby got quite close before we got those that you know that, those couple of goals because at one nil um, it was it was a tight game because they they set up a different way to they usually set up as we mentioned earlier they set up with one up top and one just in behind and the two banks of four 
to try and nullify our threat, and they weren't good enough to do it. Sadly, we you know we were we're too good a team for them at the moment. But it just goes to show you if, if a team like Derby who are relatively riding well, you know, a little bit inconsistent, but they're decent in that league. You know, they're not scraping around at the bottom. They're changing the way that they're playing to accommodate us. I mean, first of all, that's music to my ears because. We've, I can never, only ever remember us being a team that consistently changes the way we play to suit other teams. But it's, I love that we're imposing our game on other people now. I mean, it makes you know it makes such a difference. But at some point, I mean, I'm thinking well, we've got that Brighton game on the first of December. You know, they're a strong attacking side. Are they going to change the way they play against us, or are they going to go for us? I don't, I don't really know what the best way of trying to beat <laughs> beat Crystal Palace at the moment is. But there we go. But um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. I don't. I don't about you guys. If if you noticed any difference in in um, how we've played under Ian Holloway, because I don't know. I talked about it against Pete for as well. I've, I thought we'd. I know he's mentioned trying to get the the sort of wide players, Balassi and Wilf, on the ball more often. But I just think I've noticed we're playing thought, a lot more ball in. I, I thought ball we played chat. more central than in the last couple of games. Mm. More, more through the middle, especially, especially at Peterborough. Mm. Like, and, do you know? Uh, I thought yesterday we did, we didn't play with wingers in the same fashion that. that yeah, we see, used to, like I, d- I think I might be imagining it because no one else, no one else seems to agree with me. But I'm not saying we're playing long ball, but we're playing, we're playing diagonals quite a lot. It just seems to every now and then they just. Where we, I think, just before Dougie left, we were we were playing a lot of possession, and we did that brilliantly yesterday. You know, there was plenty of olays going round as we kept the ball at the end, and we're still doing that. I'm not saying we're not doing that at all, but there's well, it's like we've added just an extra dimension where Murray will peel off to the side, and it's a tactic that, that Southampton used a hell of a lot last year, where they had. Uh, Ricky Lambert peeled off to the fullback, and I just hit a long diagonal ball to him. And I mean, on Boxing Day up at up at some areas, they they could, took us apart by doing it because we just could not get we couldn't do anything about it. Ricky Lambert went to Klein. Klein's a great defender, but he was a you know he's half his size, so it was just a long ball up. And they just they got so much possession in, in our final third by doing that. And I'm wondering if that's a slight change that Holloway's made. Do you think it's? Do you think though? I mean, I'm. I'm not really sure, obviously, exactly what you know Holloway is changing if he is changing anything. But when when you play Moritz, he's a very central player, isn't he? You don't see him out wide really, and he's very direct and and he just goes through the middle kind of thing, and and that's where mm. he links up really well with Murray. And I think like when you look at those two breakaway goals against Peterborough, they were just they were you know breaking away through the through the middle rather than yeah. from the wings and he was kind of like using the wingers sort of in the middle of the pitch and then like sort of trying to get a more central attacking game going yeah, no you're uh, right Max. in the latter third of the pitch do you know what i mean yeah i do yeah he, he, a... the part the, the defense were getting out to the wingers so the sort of till we got to about the halfway line then he was trying to force the ball into the into the middle for uh, well, when, when Moritz came on uh, and Murray, rather than than 
keep it wide, keep it wide, try and beat your man and then get the crossing. I yeah. mean, it just seemed a bit like that. I mean, maybe it's just, as you say, you just, you just see things and you think that's... Yeah, well, everyone, or maybe everyone it's just... see a game differently. But I, I do think that but there's... Also, I mean, there's there's yeah. two there's two things going on, really. There's a lot of clever positional changing in, in the sort of the attacking players that we've got. I notice quite often you'll see Zahar and Balassi on the same side of the pitch just for like two minutes. They're just grouped okay. together and sort of interplay between each other. Um, but like you say, also that that bit of going through the centre of make you know, be it Moritz or be it Murray making a run down the centre or whatever, that obviously that happens because of the attention the wide players are getting, yeah, exactly, and, and, yeah. and the amount of movement and the amount of confusion. Think, yeah. You think you think obviously one fullback he's picking up Zahar and suddenly he's picking up Zahar and Balassi, then Zahar disappears and Balassi's there, and then suddenly it's Zahar again. You, you know that that it, constant it, it chopping and changing. Sense, yeah, but could it kind of make sense if you think, well, our best players or or they're using all their players to mark our wide men. There's this great hole through the middle. Mm. Let's go through the middle, you know? Like, yeah. Wilf has got two or three players on him. Uh, Yannick's got a couple of players on him. That leaves a great gaping hole through the middle. Perhaps Holloway sees sees that as uh, as another option. So every, they, the oppo concentrate on marking our wingers out the game and we just steam through the middle. <laughs> that kind of theory, um, you know? I don't know. Be waiting patiently, Ferhad. What, what you, you wanted to make a point on this? Oh well, like you were saying, um, whilst watching the game yesterday, I noticed that we were peppering them with a few long balls, and it's not that we've changed from a passing team to a to a long ball team overnight. Um, after the game, in his post match interview, Ian Holloway said that uh, he he wanted to thank one of his staff. Uh, I think it's Vinny um, for for saying that uh you know that they have a problem dealing with crosses into the box mm. so obviously uh we scored our first goal from the set piece uh second goal would be the knockdown to to moritz uh, and it's just great to see that palace are really doing their homework on sides i think chris both of you both you and i know that at 130 in the study center uh they actually have this session where they are given all the information about the team that they're playing and they get into game mode so um, you, you have, it's good to see Palace are able to adapt themselves to play against different teams, uh, however, however necessary. Mm, okay, mate. Um, just on the, the final word on that subject, Alex, if you would, you've, you just made a point there. If you, if you kind of take us yeah. through that and then we can get some forward reviews after that. Yeah, I just think, especially with Ramage and Jedinak, when we get the ball... Uh, if we've got three men marking Zahar and Balassi's and Balassi's wide, we love that cross ball pass, especially under Holloway. It's come mm. in so much more. Ramage yesterday made three or four outstanding passes. One to Ward, I can remember down on the right. It was really improving Ramage. Mm. No, he is. He's he's definitely grown into that role, and he's another one who. I mean, I like. I was really happy when we signed him. Like, I don't think he's a greatest player in the world although like you say he's massively improving at the moment but it's just he's all about attitude Ramage just you know you're going to get everything that he's possibly got when he's out on that pitch and that partnership with Delaney just works fantastically at the moment so yeah and like you say um, talent wise and passing wise he just he seems to be coming on leaps and bounds and that's that word again that's confidence just having that little bit of belief not just in yourself but in your teammates as well knowing that you can hit a ball to them and that they will be able to control it and it won't you know, in the typical previous Palace fashion, go completely under their foot and straight out of play and that sort of stuff. But um, anyway, some four-word reviews of Derby. 
Yeah, I'll take you through those now. Uh, Dan Skipsy says, taking points from Nigel. Shirley Gale says, magnificent, magical, Murray Moritz. Uh, Andy Tipping says, Palace but the Rams. Tony Gee says, Jidanak immense, Murray clinical. Nick Gellard says, another top performance. Chris says, strong through the middle. Amy Latter says, we just can't lose. George Martin, we're top of the league. Patrick O'Connor, pinch me, I'm dreaming. <laughs> That's, do you think that's George Martin, the producer of the Beatles? That probably isn't, is it? Could be. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, was, I, got, like, um, I was just going to mention one thing. We didn't really get onto the subject, but I was just uh, having a look yesterday at our players, and I just think that they generally look really fit. I mean, I know they should be, but mm. uh, you know, we've seen like in previous seasons them looking a bit slow or a bit overweight. But the work rate is phenomenal for the entire match, and and you know, I think we look, you know, we score a lot of late goals because other teams tire, and um, you know, I just think that when you actually look at the players, they look very strong and really, they you know, they get stuck in and they're physical, and we haven't had a lot of injuries, and I think part of the reason for that is because they are very fit. <laughs> And, you know, they get around the park well. And, and, you know, the fitter you are, obviously, the stronger you are. And it applies right, right through the side, from Jedi right through to Wilf. They're all bigger, stronger, more powerful. And, and I just think that, that we wear down the opposition. And, and, and they, you know, even in tight games, we always look really, really dangerous. While in the last sort of quarter of a game, or the last ten minutes of a game, uh, when the oppo seem to be struggling and hanging in there. I don't know if you've noticed that. I just think that mm. the team does look sharp. Yeah, I, I'd agree, mate. I, I, I think there's little doubt that, that we get stronger as a game, as the game goes on. Um, so by the end of most matches, we're comfortably on top. Uh, I think, I do think that that has a lot to do with um, how Dougie talked at the end of last season. I don't have to I hate to keep bringing him up. I really do. He talked at the end of last season that, um, he knew the reasons why we were conceding goals late and struggling to hold on in games and all that sort of stuff. Well, obviously, we all felt that generally it was because we were inviting pressure. And I think that's, there's a bit of truth in that. But I think by the same token, he had decided that we weren't sharp, we were physically fit or sharp enough to keep going at the right intensity for 90 minutes. And I think that that has been addressed with the type of people that we brought in and the type of training that we do. And when Ian Holloway talks about the professionalism of the squad that he's inherited, um, he's talking about those kind of standards, you know, the, the, doing the work that they have to do to remain in sort of top physical condition. So I think you're absolutely correct. There is a huge difference in, in the way we finish games now. And, and I think that's part of why we find ourselves top of the league, um, nine points ahead of Brighton, ten points ahead of Millwall, and just light years ahead of Charlton. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good place to be. It really is at the moment. There's little doubt about that. I want to pick up on a few, um, a few of your comments. Um, Dan Skips, these are general reviews of the Derby game. I think um, he said, uh, delighted with the winning margin, even more so with another clean sheet. Great to see Andre Moritz starting and scoring again. Uh, Alex Penge, uh, former Hull Radio presenter, said, the beauty of having a player like Zahar is that sides need to commit players on him and helps free up other players in the team, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Patrick O'Connor is saying that don't think Zaha will go... Hmm, ANC, African Nations Cup, <laughs> but with the loss of KG, the potential loss of Velassi. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, doesn't he play for, is it Congo or something like that? I'll have to look that up. Um, but what are your thoughts about the team in January, short of buying or loaning in January? Are there any youngsters who can step in 
um, and with the potential losses of those players. And obviously, we've talked about KG, but potentially Balassi, I guess. Um, uh, on the wing, really, the only the youngsters sort of coming through at the moment um, are, I suppose, Jason Banton's one, who's who's sort of emerged, but um, who's kind of maybe a bit out of left field, a very talented player you know we've talked about him before previously had issues at other clubs and but was very very highly rated and as I pointed out football manager 2007 rated as a wonder kid so that counts um but uh, also um, the other point being that um we've got Kyle De Silva um and Johnny Williams who can both play out wide and De Silva in particular will be good in in the sort of left uh wing sort of role that Balassi takes so there's there's plenty of ability there my my sort of theory is still in in january that we very much need to look at um of cover for glenn murray because if we lose glenn murray i'm not sure wilbraham's good enough um what kind of strike are you after then i think i just think i think we need someone who can do a bit of everything i think wilbraham strikes me as someone who's nearly nearly that um but i just think i don't know it, it seems harsh i think basically he played he played at a time where this, the team just wasn't gelling correctly and was was really struggling. It's a similar thing about Aaron Martin. That, you know, he, he'd probably look half decent in the, in the team now, but at the time, no, no one really clicked. Nothing really clicked at all until until we brought in Delaney. Really, um, I don't know what I'd, I. I certainly think we 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 could do could have done with someone like McCormack. Obviously, we did go for him. We didn't we didn't get him. But someone who is just an out and out goal threat but has a bit of physical presence about them as well and they're not easy to get there's no there's no easy solution to it you can't just go and magically loan a player that no one wants because if they're a player that no one wants then they're not going to be good enough um and when you're at the top of the league which we are there's no denying that where that's where we are we are championship championship side at the top of the division we need to be looking at, at effectively premier league quality so i, I don't know it's a tough one for you got any ideas well it's only a suggestion. Um, obviously, there's a lot of factors to it. But um, Cameron Jerome, he's not... Oh, he's yeah, in that's the... an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, very good at championship level when he last played. He's, you know, And he's got pace, power and height. And yeah, I, that's, a, that's a very good shout, actually. Um, I think we'd be a good draw for him because obviously when in the top, uh, mm. the higher you are in the table, you're obviously going to be more of a draw to, to premiership managers who want to loan their players. Mm. Yeah, good shout that. I haven't really considered that. I think Will, Will Buckley. <laughs> 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 to be fair to be fair to Brian about Will Buckley, I mean they're insane when you read their their forums. They're absolutely mentally ill in claiming that he's better than Zaha, and they're also, I mean, you read it, it's just so pathetic and bitter to start suggesting everything is our oh, Will Zaha dives. Well, Will Buckley dives. We saw that when we played them. Um, and but but they're talking about. I just don't get it. Like, oh, he's a better finisher. Oh, here's the statistics. Look at his assists. And look at the goals he scored. And it's like, if you know anything about football, anything at all, you, you know you can't tell what a player is about by a, a you know, statistics. You, it doesn't really work that way because we all know the biggest effect that Wilf has on a football match is just being there and occupying a huge number of people. The fact that he can still get assists and goals while being marked by three people just shows you how good he is. And, and uh, you know, that yeah, it's insane. Insane that they, there's even a comparison between Will Buckley and Will Saha. 
Um, I feel like I may have gone on a little bit of a rant there for a second there. But um, I was anyway, point out that, uh, that when we when you mentioned Brighton, um, Murray's on four yellow cards at the moment with two games to go before Brighton. So do you think he's going to get himself purposely booked on Saturday? Missed the well, whole game, so he doesn't get booked for Brighton. You know, <laughs> we, we've, party, seen it, it? we've seen it, seen it done, haven't we? There's no way you can miss that game. Absolutely no way. It'd be, it'd be horrendous. Um, listen, let's talk about Leeds. We ain't got too, too much longer left. Oh, I say we're going to talk about Leeds. Yes, we are. Um, so, yep, Saturday, we play um, Leeds United at Adam Road. Uh, last six results for Leeds been uh, a 1-1 draw with Charlton, a 1-0 defeat against Birmingham that drew 2-2 with um, that South Coast rubbish, uh, lost 1-0 to Burnley, um, lost 6-1 to uh, to Watford, and just uh, that's after losing a ma- uh, getting a man sent off, and they just lost today uh, 1-0 to some other Burnley rubbish um, who were who were also well, and they're also down to 10 men, so. Um, Pretty much, well, very poor form at the moment. I think they're down in is it 18th place in the league or something like that. And not something you'd expect of a, of a Neil Warnock side. Um, they've got that long protracted takeover where they're supposedly going to be mega rich, but it's still not happened. It keeps every now and then there's something in the press about how close it's going to be, and you know they're signing the contracts and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, they're in more in, the da- in danger of relegation than, than anything at the moment. So um, the top goal scorer is uh, Luciano Becchio. Um, good player. Um, maybe someone who could come in for Glenn Murray uh, if Glenn's out. Um, and El Hedge Jeff and uh, has four, and Michael Tong has three, so Becky has nine. Um, Mark, do you want to take us through the a little, some stats you've got there? Um, at home, Leeds' record has just gone off my screen now. It's <laughs> lost it completely. Well, that's no good. Do you want me to read it? Will that help you? Uh, oh, you can't. This is dead air. I don't like it when you do this. Leeds is home. Leeds' home record is uh, they've played 8, won 3, drawn 2, lost 3, uh, scored 11 and conceded 15. So not a, not a great record and certainly not what you'd expect from a Leeds team uh, at home. You know, the kind of level of support that they get and you know, you kind of imagine that they'll be they'll be at their strongest at home, but they're not having a great season so far. Uh, conceded 10 of their 29 goals in the last 15 minutes. Um, as we were talking about, Mark, we get stronger, don't we? So, they're yeah, in a struggle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's a good place to win the game. Um, they've only failed to score in three matches this season, where we've scored every match this season. Um, after us, they've been awarded the most penalties in the Championship, which is five. Have we actually really had 16? I'm sure someone said. No, no, we've had 10, scored ten, eight. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Off for that. Um, Leeds have only kept two clean sheets this season compared to Palace, who have kept five. Um, I think most of those have been under Ian Holloway as well, haven't they? Um, so Alex, <laughs> has gone, Alex has gone for a 2-2 in the prediction. So, Mark, what do you think? Um, I think we'll win 2-1. Okay, Ferhad? Uh, I think it's the best chance we have of winning at Leeds, but I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Ooh. Um, I've been. I just think every game. I think we're going to lose the next one. Um, so I'm going to break that tradition, and I think we actually will win this two 0 comfortably. Um, yeah, that's what I reckon. Um, we've got some listener predictions. Alex, do you want to take us through them? 
Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Don't worry. I'll grab those for you. Here we go. Uh, Will Gaines says three one to Palace. Zaha, Maritz, and Delaney. Vanessa says two one to Palace. Maritz and uh, Murray. Kelly Mason says my prediction is two nil. Maritz and Murray as well. It's a popular one. Patrick O'Connor says three one to Leeds. Oh no, three one to us. Sorry. Uh, Gavin O'Donnell says one nil to Leeds, which is disappointing. Gaz says two one to Palace. Danny uh, In says two nil. Uh, James says 3-0 to Palace Paddy says 4-0 to Palace and Lee Smith says 2-0 to Palace Murray and the tank I presume is Jedinak uh, could be could be or KG KG yeah yeah I don't know some interesting predictions there thanks to everyone for those um, yeah, mainly optimistic and why not you know we're riding high at the moment uh, so I'll just read in some of the comments that go along with it about how Leeds, Leeds will be hacking his Zaha to bits I think Paddy's saying which, yeah, I mean, certainly they're getting a lot of players sent off at the moment. And that, on that subject, Luke Varney got sent off um, today, so we'll miss the game against ourselves. And I'm quite happy about that. He's, he's a real pain, and he doesn't seem to have a lot of love from us from his Charlton days. So quite glad he's he... Becky a bit. Um, he was on the pitch today, so I, I guess so. He's a bit of a bogey player for us, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he always seems to get a goal. Well, I said last season we played absolutely played him off the park up there, and um, they brought on Becchio and they brought on Mikel Forsell, didn't they? And at, just just turned it around. I think two 0 up, ended up losing three two, something like that. Anyway, and just oh, you know that's the best I've probably seen us play uh, as an away side before this season, um, and it was just soul destroying to lose that game so really want to banish the memories of that one I really do but um well I mean it's been an, it's been another fascinating week as a Palace fan um still at top of the league and it's not looking like it's going to end anytime soon I mean the roller coaster it, we're just climbing at the moment there's no there's no dipping lows so fantastic week let's hope it's another fantastic week as we said um, earlier on on news in brief unfortunately for technical reasons we will not be bringing you live coverage of the under 21 development game tomorrow um it's a shame that is a one-off it will it will hope well all things going well we'll be back doing that at the next available uh, under 21 development game but until next sunday uh, we'll have to say goodbye goodbye The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.